Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. This is the one and only podcast where we discuss solutions to living free in an unfree world. Yep, I said it, living free in an unfree world. And I'll let you in on a little secret. A lot of that starts in your mind. So I know we are living in crazy and stressful times with new pressures put on us daily, but the good news is you do not have to succumb to this fear-fueled drama. If you've ever wanted to wake up in the morning and know that your life is 100% moving in a direction that you have set, not one that's been set for you, then you're in the right place and you're ready for the Create What You Speak podcast. It's a perspective you simply can't hear anywhere else. And this week, I am super excited to bring you one of the leaders and activists in the crypto industry, Rio Rocket. Rio is an NFT artist, crypto activist, and investor. He's active in the crypto space as an NFT artist, cryptocurrency investor, and collaborator on several upcoming blockchain and DeFi projects. He is also a multi-hyphenate film, television, and voice actor who has a recurring role on the ABC TV series For Life. He's a motivational spokesperson for Lowe's Companies, and he hosts the Design Your Decade podcast. I am really excited about this conversation. I have a lot of questions I can't wait to get answered. So make sure you listen to the end because Rio is going to be revealing his secrets about crypto, blockchains, NFTs, DeFi. I know you may have heard of these terms. And if you want to know what's really going on in this, what's really going on in this space, you're in the right place. And Rio is going to share us, share that with us today. So Rio, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait to get into this, but I know I read your bio, but in your, in your own words, can you introduce your work, who you are, what you do, and who is Rio Rocket? There's the artist, the entertainer, and the entrepreneur. You know, I, I would say I wear three hats. And I've been a digital artist for over 20 years. I've been an artist my whole life. I could draw before I could read and write. And coming up, Professionally, I've branded hundreds of companies, services, and products. And most recently, I've been minting original artwork as NFTs, which I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yes. <laughs> In the entertainment space, I'm a film, TV, and voice actor. Coming off of two seasons of the ABC TV series for life, I've been working with Lowe's as a motivational spokesperson for the last three years. And Going into our second season of the podcast, Design Your Decade, which is a comedic career growth podcast that I host with Roseanne Santos. And that final part of me, the entrepreneur, that's the part that sees opportunity to challenge myself, invest and grow and takes action on it. And now's definitely the time to do that. I mean, there's so much, it feels like all these old paradigms are breaking down. And so things that were once maybe taboo or once maybe like um you know not really talked about as much are now becoming much more mainstream they're they're there they're people are curious about it um so you're involved in in a lot of really cool and interesting things can you tell us how you got started in the crypto space and what it means to be a crypto activist i like that term by the way crypto activist (laughs) i learned about dogecoin litecoin and bitcoin in 2014 i believe I invested and I sat on it and I forgot about it over the years. 
but I was always reminded by the news whenever there was a surge in the crypto market, I saw the prices go up and then, you know, I just thought to myself, okay, I have a, a little bit of it, but you know, it's just sitting there. It's just, you know, it's just sitting in a wallet. It's not doing much. I couldn't check the balance either because I have what's called a blockchain wallet or Mm -hmm. I, I guess they would call that like it's the original wallets that that sat on each individual blockchain. It wasn't like in an account in Coinbase, Robinhood, where I could check the balance. Right. So I wasn't aware of how how much it was worth. <laughs> I didn't think they would those coins would reach their values in 2021. Mm -hmm. So uh, a couple uh, actually a friend of mine who's really big into crypto said hey man you you gotta check your balances you gotta check how much your your crypto is worth so I, I you have to sync those wallets to the blockchain so they take they can take days to sync right so i synced to the blockchain looked at the balance i said holy cow <laughs> okay <laughs> is this so, real <laughs> yeah so it's it's time to really get um active again in in this space and it was that surge. It was it was from 2020 going to 2021. That was the surge that brought me back into it on a serious level where I said to myself, not only do I have to step up my investing in the crypto market, but also start working on some projects. And I learned everything I could about tokens, DeFi, NFTs, uh, started working on a few projects in the space that our goal is to help de democratize finance mm -hmm. and bring digital banking to the unbanked. Yes. And it starts with education. Mm -hmm. As an activist, your goal, your job is to educate people on the problem and the challenge they face, then help them find the solutions. That's simple. So it's not just democratizing finance, but myself personally, I want to improve wealth accessibility ways to rapidly increase your working capital and your retirement nest egg and set up your future, secure your future. Mm -hmm. Wealth was something that was only accessible to people who, who had, I wouldn't say hidden information, but they, they knew nuggets of information that most people didn't know if we go back to gold and silver. Right. Mm -hmm. And they knew uh, about investment instruments that most people just, Maybe they didn't. It's not that they didn't have access to it. They just didn't know how they worked. So that's what a crypto activist means to me, educating people on who don't know anything about crypto on what it is, how it works and how to get started in a small way and then grow bigger. Right. I love that because activism and especially in this space, I think is just it's just getting started. It's so important. And there was something I was reading. I don't know. I read a lot of stuff, so it all kind of runs together. But there was it was a statistic that said about one third of the population does not have access to banking. And when I really sat there and thought about that, I was like, that is insane to me that things that we as Americans, right, we take for granted, we just grow up that way, right? It's just a part of, but other countries, it's not that way. And so this getting into this space and being able to really revolutionize the financial industry in a way that's for the people instead of like you were saying like for the only the the few that know or the ones that grow up in families that know right and get this information passed down right this is for everybody everybody's on an equal playing field here um 
in this space. And that's one of the reasons I was drawn to it. Um, and, and kind of like yourself, I didn't get started until 2020, but it was, it was the same, um, you know, that mindset of there's something else out here. What we're being told isn't, mm, it's not really, um, that's not working anymore, right? There's got to be better ways. And so um, getting into that space for myself personally, um, it, it it's a perspective changer because you have to start looking at things so differently. You're not, it's not the, the old way of doing things, right? It, it, right? it changes you, it, ch it changes your perspective in that way. And then I think it opens up to, um, other areas of your life as well, right? Because you, you start seeing things completely different. Mm -hmm. And once you see things that way, you can't unsee them. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, we were told, save your money. Put, put your money in the bank and save it. Like, you're going to put your money that you accumulate over your life in an account that only pays you 1%? If that, if that. Yeah, if that. And they won't even let you withdraw it all. I right. mean, if you needed access to the cash, you can't get it. Then they're not going to give it to you. In fact, they'll control most of what you can do with your money, no matter what you're doing with it. Right. Okay. And then make you fill out documentation if it's over a right. certain amount, you know, and track you in, in various ways in that, of right. that nature. They track you, they report you, mm -hmm. there's forms, there's formalities. For your that, money. <laughs> like, it's yeah. my money. You know, it's like right. that. Right. You using your money. You've already earned it. It's already right. yours. Right. So, right. so the way things are happening now in the digital world is that moving money from one spot shouldn't cost you that much and it shouldn't take you that much time. And you should be paid more interest on your money if someone else is holding it. Right. So if I allow you to hold $100,000, a quarter million dollars, I always think that banks should pay, pay a sliding scale. So if it's 100 bucks, okay, we'll pay you 1%. If it's a thousand bucks, then pay me five, six, seven percent. If it's a million, if you know, if I have a million dollars in there, you should be paying me 25, 30 percent. What it, it should be a portion now with business partners because you're loaning that money, out. right? And you yeah. know, they're loaning what 10 percent, uh, or wait, what is it like a hundred? Like, the, let's say you put in ten thousand dollars, they can loan up to a hundred thousand on your ten thousand yes. dollars. I right. can't remember what that's called. There's there's a term for that, but right. yeah, so you're right. We, <laughs> but that's not the relationship, right? It's it's not, um, we're in these like archaic ways of doing things, right? And now is the time to change our our perspective on that. And um, so I know we've thrown around a lot of terms and just for the listeners who may be totally new into this space, because um, some of this can be really intimidating, right? It, it's all these mm -hmm. terms. It's We're talking about new perspectives. We're talking about money, which is very, um, you know, you don't want to just go putting your money in places that you don't fully understand, right? So can you simplify some of the terms we've used like blockchain, even crypto itself and um, DeFi and NFTs? Okay, everyone's familiar with the internet by now. Mm -hmm. Yes. We all know websites live on the internet. We access the World Wide Web, which is just a network of computers storing data that shows us the websites that we see. Cryptocurrencies that people buy live on the blockchain. The blockchain is just a digital ledger of every transaction that has ever taken place. It can't be altered, so it's always true. And that blockchain is just a network of computers doing complex math calculations to make sure we all agree that this transaction is true. 
it works very similar to the way the World Wide Web works. And so this is so radical in a way, because mm -hmm. if you think about it in today's world, pretty much anything can be altered, right? Like the old right. way of doing things, right? right. Books can be altered. Uh, right. You know, we've seen this time and time again, but with the blockchain, that's not the case. The computers yeah. are doing the work. You have, you don't have the human interaction in that way where there's the possibility for the alteration. So what it is, is what it is. Right. It's, there's money involved, therefore the security level and the integrity of the information has to be flawless. You can't, you can't duplicate coins and tokens. Otherwise, you know, that that's fraudulent. That would be seen as fraudulent. Uh, right. I, I just had one Bitcoin, but somehow I hacked it to make 20 more. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. The blockchain will not allow that to happen. There's just simply no way to do it. So these cryptocurrencies are coins and tokens that live on the blockchain. So Bitcoin is a coin. It has its own blockchain. Ethereum is a, is a coin. It has its own blockchain. That's what makes it a coin. Mm-hmm. But and but the blockchains don't talk to each other, right? For for Bitcoin and Ethereum, for example, they're, they're, on, they're separate, right? Mm -hmm. They're separate. Mm -hmm. But then we have what's called tokens. Tokens are coins built on a pre-existing blockchain, and it's usually Ethereum. Right. Mm -hmm. Ethereum was designed for other cryptos to be created on top of it. Bitcoin, not so much. Mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin is just money, but Ethereum uh, has a network of smart contracts that are running. So you can create your own token. It's very simple to do on Ethereum's blockchain and you don't have to build an entire blockchain yourself. And not only that, you can program that token to do other things than just simply be money. It can do whatever you can dream of as a developer. What would be an example? So uh, Bitcoin you use, you pay for something and it, there's a buyer and a seller and that's it. With a token, you can program the smart contract to earn interest. Uh, you could program it to facilitate a separate transaction after it changes hands. Mm -hmm. it, can, it can run on and on and on and keep doing and performing functions over and over. But the reason why that answer is so vague is because whatever it does is aligned with the goal of the project. Right. Yeah. So every so, developer has their own goal and every developer's token does something completely different from the last one. And so you mentioned smart contract. Can you define that briefly too? If you were looking at it on your screen, it looks like the code that runs a website when you, when you mm -hmm. do you right click and look at the source code. So it's programming. If, if you're using Ethereum, the, programming language is called Solidity. It's mm -hmm. not HTML, it's Solidity. And in that programming, it is telling this token to do a series of things, every whether it changes hands or not, but every time it changes hands also, to do a series of things, run its code, and then go back to the start, go back to the beginning again, right. over and over and over and over again. So a simple, a simple smart contract can do something like, um, I go out, I buy this token. I have one of them. I just leave it in my wallet. But when I look at it tomorrow, it's 1.5. And then when I look at it a few days later, 
it's 2.3. It's earning interest. Mm -hmm. And it's earning interest every time someone sells it. Uh, a portion of the sale is being redirected back to me. And my reward for being a holder is to earn interest on, you know, I'm sort of earning interest. But you can get into much more advanced and much more complex functions. But that's the easiest thing for people to understand, uh, something that earns interest for keeping it there. So we're, we're, we're looking at what a bank account does. If I right. sit money there, I earn interest, right? But this is not 1% annually. This is more like 1% every few minutes, you know, yeah. something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. And so right. if you think about the network, so if, if we work to use your internet analogy, could we say that like the Ethereum network is like the internet and each token that's its own, whatever it is, is sort of like its own web page. If you relate it to the internet, mm -hmm. would that be a good analogy? Yes, you can, okay. you can say that. Yes, because tokens, tokens are not, don't have their own blockchains. They're built on others. So mm -hmm. calling it a web page would be more accurate. Um, it's you can build your own blockchain but it's obviously a, a larger project so it saves developers time and money right. when right. they want to get something simple done and it could i mean the smart con contract can do things like detect fraud and alert you for certain things um they can be for many different things but mm -hmm. that's that leads us to what DeFi is. Yeah, so let's talk about that. This is one of my most favorite areas to talk yeah. about because it's, to me, so revolutionary. I worked in banking um, yeah. early on, and so this is this is exciting to me. Right. So DeFi stands for de decentralized finance. Sometimes they'll call it open finance. Mm -hmm. It's a global open alternative to every financial service you use today without going through a bank or intermediary. You can lend borrow, save, buy insurance with anyone in the world, peer-to-peer, -peer, mm -hmm. as long as you have a smart device and an internet connection. So they're using DeFi for small businesses in order to facilitate transactions between their vendors, in order to borrow money, to get short-term loans, flash loans. Um, you know, sometimes these have to be paid back in the same day if they're very short term right. loan, but they right. provide they provide liquidity. Sometimes you just need, okay, if I could just get this amount of money, I could buy these materials and I could sell this by the end of the day. I just need this money right now. Right. So buy, that could happen in a second instead of going to the bank and applying for a line of credit that can not only could it take forever, but you could just not get it. You could be denied. right. Right. And one of the examples I really like to illustrate DeFi, how somebody used it in their life was they had, um, they just bought like $5,000 of Ethereum. And mm -hmm. this person wanted to, um, didn't want to cash in the Ethereum, but wanted cash to, he was going to paint his house. And so he used a compound finance and he um, basically took a loan out against his Ethereum Mm -hmm. and was able to get the cash and then pay for the the painting and then he repaid that loan you know still keeping his uh ethereum as in you know and then the ethereum is growing as the price continues to increase so that was i love that example because it's you know some of the stuff it's it's yeah okay it sounds good but how do i apply it in my life right like how how could i do this to benefit me and when you start to see examples like this and you read about it and you you start to put yourself in that position then it feels more doable as well right it feels more like 
oh, wow, this can really be real for me. It's not just everybody else out there doing it. And I'm just, you know, outside looking in like this can be real for me too. Yes. It's permissionless. Yes. You don't have to open up, open an account. You don't have to fill out a form. You don't need to go through a bank. There's no intermediary. It is peer to peer. It happens in an instant and it's going to change the way people run small business. I agree. And I think even just the way people, people do things in general. And I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, um, you know, at, at this point it's, you know, banking is so heavily regulated, right? And this, a lot of these things can be compared to the banking industry, like with having like a savings account or a checking account, or like we're talking about with loans, but it's the, the behind the scenes stuff, like the, the, um, the annoying stuff that you hate having to do. This takes it all that all of that away, right? There's no and a lot of these, there's no know your customer kind of stuff. It's just you're just here you are as a person and you, you know, you're you're wanting to lend or you're wanting to borrow. And these these um things we're talking about today make that possible. Um, which is again to me, just it's it's amazing. I'm I'm so happy to see this too. It's like I just want to keep talking about this because it's it's so beneficial. I, I think if people can get over that fear or that um, that hurdle of the entry point, um, cause it seems overwhelming. Um, once you get past that and you do it and you just get in there and you practice with small amounts of money, right? When I started doing this, I'm practicing with like $10, right? I'm not putting a ton of money into this while I'm learning it. Right. And, and that's the way you do it. That's the way you build confidence and you build comfort with this. And then it becomes real for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about NFTs too. You mentioned that being an NFT artist. Let's talk about that a little too. That's a really fun space that um, I think is, I don't need, it's so amazing. Again, so it's like mind blowing to me. NFTs are digital works of art. The sort of jovial term for it is nifty, NFT. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And an NFT can be anything. It could be a photograph, an illustration, a song, a tweet. It could be a drawing. It could be a photograph of a drawing. So these digital works of art are minted on the blockchain and they're bought and sold sometimes for hundreds, sometimes for thousands, and sometimes for millions of dollars. NFTs today are viewed the same way rare paintings and valuable baseball cards are viewed. And if you've been reading the headlines, the news, so I, I'm just going to read from a small list that I have. Okay. Um, there's a very popular NFT. It's just pixel art of faces called CryptoPunks. Okay. On March, on, yeah, on March 10th, 2021, CryptoPunk 7804 sold for $7.6 million. <laughs> That's insane. Okay. I mean, it's... Yes. <laughs> Yeah. It's awesome though, too, at the same time, right? It's here's another yeah. avenue. Here is another completely like, and this is just getting started, right? There's, it's right. just getting started. Right, right. Uh, Jack Dorsey, uh, Twitter CEO, sold his first tweet. He just took a screenshot of, he minted his tweet and sold it for $2.9 million and, and just uh, gave it all away to charity. That was March 22nd this year. Um, there's people out there, putting out pet rocks, <laughs> taking clip art of rocks and selling them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, they call them ether rocks. Grimes is a, she's sort of a, a music artist. She, she created a 50 second video 
And it was a special type of video, actually. I, I watched the video. Uh, she sold that for just over $300,000. Um, it's, it's a very creative. So art was always big. Art, art is this thing that people pay a lot of money for because artists see the world through a different type of lens. And that's why it's so subjective. It's only worth what you what you think right, it's worth. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's worth something because it is a it it is sort of the mirror of society through this artist's mind and mm-hmm. eyes and thoughts and feelings. And so it helps us see things in different ways. So never has there been a way where you could just simply jump into the art world uh, being what they would call you know, no one, a, a no one, at least in that space. Yeah, right. But mm-hmm. now you can just sit at home, you can scribble on your screen or on a piece of paper and scan it, mint it on OpenSea or Rarible or a- any of the NFT marketplaces and sell it for who knows how much, whatever people feel it's worth. Right, whatever the market's willing to bear yes. for that. Yeah. yeah. And so when you, talk, when you say minted on the blockchain, what does that mean? It's so simple. You're the same way you deploy and launch a token onto the blockchain, and now it's cryptocurrency, is the same way you mint a song, a tweet, an illustration, or a photograph. You simply upload it to, let's use OpenSea, for example, because OpenSea is uh, one of the, I think it is the largest NFT marketplace there is, actually. Uh, you just upload it the same way you upload photos to Facebook. But it gets minted into the blockchain. And once something, the data is minted into the blockchain, that's it. It cannot be changed. It's permanent. You can delete it, but you can't change it. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. like we were talking about with the ledgers with the financial side of things, right? It's, it's once it's there, it's there. And it's, right. just, it's the same with NFTs. It's, it's not, you're not making um, forgeries or you're not duplicating, you know, right. once it's there, it's there. Right. And what makes it valuable is this. Uh, let's say I had a, an illustration or a meme and I uploaded it to Reddit 10 years ago. And it got passed around because you can just right click, save as, and you can share it. It will go to Facebook and Twitter. No one knows where the original image or file is. No one really knows. They're not sure. When you mint an NFT, that's the original is now on the blockchain. It's claimed. Yes. And there is no more. I don't care if you screenshot it or save it. That's not it. That's not the NFT. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just a file. That's a duplicate. Right. The original is minted on the blockchain and the buyer can now sell it again. If the buyer sells it, if I, if I create a work of art, I sell it to someone for $10,000. Okay. They can resell it. And a portion of that sale comes back to me. Oh, okay. And then that each person- time it's resold. Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, Different sites have different royalties, but I believe OpenSea is 10% max. So 10% of the sale will keep coming back to me for perpetuity. So it's the, um, 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the uh, passive income side of this that is another, you know, another element of this where, again, these same principles that we see in our everyday life that we're accustomed to now, it's just in a new space. You just get to think about this differently and you, there's so much opportunity. And you you talked about you've been um, creating NFT. So what are some of the things that you've, you're working on or have worked on? And can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? So my first collection that I launched on OpenSea, it's just so, so odd of, of all the artwork <laughs> I've created. It was the last thing that I was, I would have ever thought that I would mint as my first NFT. So I designed a prototype for a sneaker. And I always thought to myself, you know, one day I'll approach a sneaker company. I'll get this made, but mm -hmm. it, just never, it just never happened. Right. So I was looking at it and I said, you know what? This is just a prototype, but I can make these like, I mean, really funky styles and colors. And I, I let my imagination run wild with this, not just like the base style. So I, I just don't know how it happens. Our artistic inspiration is just such like this i don't know it's like this divine thing almost it just comes you just down. get the flow right you just, it yeah, just it comes down it. you can feel it but you can't yeah. explain it yeah. i can't explain it it just comes down from the heavens and you just flow i i did not actively think about it and i created all these uh designs of uh the sneaker that i call the rocket all-star mm -hmm. and starting with the basic and going I mean, I have these really wild designs and they're on OpenSea now. And that was my first collection. I believe there's, there's 33, the number in Roman numerals. There's actually 34 because it's one that I'm not going to sell. And I'm going to do 99. I'm going up to 99 in that collection. And then I created a pixelated version of it because like pixel art is so hot right now. And I'm, I'm so intrigued by pixel art because you don't need to be an artist to create it. But I actually recreated every single sneaker illustration in pixel art. And I call those pixie kicks. So that's the second collection. So, so I have those two collections right now in OpenSea. And I, I just got, I mean, so many more uh, ideas and designs. And I'm telling you, like, I have, like, all kinds of, like, weird prints and yeah. shapes and colors going through it and, um, you know, outer space onto the and I still I still plan to get the sneakers cre created in, in the real world actually right. physical yeah. sneakers that you can wear. Yeah. But but I it, it starts with an idea and it started with the NFTs and that's where I began. That's not where I thought I would begin because I do so <laughs> many I used to do so much uh character work. Uh -huh. you know, I've done children's books and character artwork and, and comic book art. And I thought I would start there but I decided sneakers. I'm just yeah. These Let's go for it. And I can see like the the smile yeah. on your face when you talk about it. Like it's very like um, it's it's like like you said like when you get in that flow or that groove and you can just it just comes right. It's not what you expect, but it's even better than what you expect often. Right. And it's not about you know, obviously I want to sell the NFTs mm -hmm. and and I. I I do see that as a lucrative way of monetizing um, my creativity and artistic capabilities. But if to wear these sneakers one day to actually yeah. slap these on, yeah, I mean that would just 
completely blow my mind. I don't yeah. even know how I would process it. But, <laughs> but seeing something I drew and then the physical object. and It, it comes to life. That, yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah, that's just Yeah, like we were talking before we were recording, we were talking about the product that I invented. And I can tell you the day I walked or drove away from the person who designed my prototype and I had it in my hand and I was like, it's, it is, it's mind blowing. I was like, like, I can't believe this is real. I had like the biggest smile on my face, right? Because you bring something to life and um, creation like that in this way, like we're talking about is, is so, um, we're, we're often stuck in these boxes. We talked a little at the, before we started recording about how, you know, we're taught as we grow up that you have to fit into the system. You have to fit mm -hmm. into the system and the system drains you. It drains your energy. It drains your life force often. And so we're, we don't have a lot of times this extra energy for these creative things, for the cre to let our creativity just run and go, right? Because we're too busy focused on all these other things being a part of this matrix system. So doing this kind of stuff and, and being able to get out of the box um, is, I think, especially now with how crazy everything is, it's the key to living because if we don't have this, <laughs> you know, what, what we can all be stuck in the negativity and all of this day after day, but my God, there's more to life than that, right? And um, hearing you talk about it, and like I said, seeing the smile on your face when you talk about it, that's the kind of stuff that's, to me, super exciting. And we'll link to your um, OpenSea page in the show notes so that the listeners can go check out your NFTs. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit, go back on and talk about DeFi a little bit. You mentioned also that you have collaborated on some projects and... I was interested to know just a little bit more if you can talk about I know sometimes these things are still up and coming so you can't really talk about a lot of them but um, I was just interested in your experience in the DeFi space and then um, how you see DeFi changing the future I know we talked about that a little bit but I, I think that's bigger than maybe most people who aren't as involved in this realize DeFi is is going to first impact the way small businesses find and use their working capital and we just had a whole thing in 2020 where small businesses struggled with mm -hmm. capital. And so all these uh, PPP loans went out and, but uh, of course you have to apply for that and it has to be approved and then you have to wait for the check, however it works. Yeah, it's a process. It's not a, yeah, yeah it's right. not instant. Liquidity is the most important thing to a small business. Mm -hmm. So DeFi takes that process for example, of accepting a credit card, going through an intermediary and paying a fee, then waiting to receive the funds, and it makes it hyper-efficient, where a transaction on the blockchain takes an instant. It's peer-to-peer. -peer. You want to sell something uh, and accept Bitcoin? It will happen like that. Yes. Mark Cuban announced that the Dallas Mavericks were going to accept Bitcoin and Dogecoin for payment for Dallas Mavericks tickets. And, and they're just doing millions of dollars now in transactions in crypto. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that would fall under DeFi, the definition of DeFi. It's where you're using digital money peer-to-peer -peer in order to facilitate some type of transaction or agreement. But where I see it for the projects I'm working on, which of course I can't go into detail too much because then I would give away the ideas. <laughs> right, no, I understand. But, but uh, one area I am interested in is home ownership. Mm -hmm. So, And when I say home ownership, I mean 
ownership accessibility for low or no income individuals and families, mm-hmm. savings and checkings and bill pay. So I've already given away a little bit too much. But what I can't <laughs> say is DeFi is capable of all those things. Right. So my ultimate goal is to develop projects that make some of those things easy and simple for people who all they have is a mobile phone and a connection to the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. To be, to be able to look at, purchase a home, uh, open a open a savings account or checking account. Really, it would just be a digital wallet and pay bills. Right. And then you okay. separate them out, yeah, for however you want to right. use it. Yeah. Right. And and buy food. It's the essentials. It's it's all the essentials. Now I know, you know, health is is important also. But let first let's take care of shelter, and right. food. Right. Shelter, food, and you know the things that support uh, keeping a home, which is paying the bills. If that could be done on the blockchain, oh, that's this. This will be a world that you won't recognize as far as things being efficient. Right. Right. And, and, and yeah. it, you start to empower the masses, right? And think what that does to the consciousness of the world. People aren't um, they. It. it it, it's empowerment. I mean, at the at the core, you know, these are all things that, as humans, um, and being born upon this earth, we have the right to, right? But there are systems in place that um, aren't necessarily in favor of that, and they have their own agendas in place. And you know, I was reading a, uh, something recently about a lady that she was wanting to use crypto as a down payment on her home when she was buying her home. And she was working with a company that supposedly was crypto friendly in this way. And the person, the loan officer person or whatever that she was working with was um, not clearly did not understand these concepts. They must not have had training for them. I, I don't really know. She didn't go into that part, but she was saying that the loan officer kept asking her for her crypto statements, like her crypto invoices. And the woman is like, it doesn't work that way. We don't just get a monthly, you know, I have my wallet. I can show you my balance, but I'm not getting statements. And they just couldn't get that. And she was just talking about how much of a frustrating process it was and how they claim to be you know, crypto friendly, but they didn't even understand the the basic concept of it as there's no invoices that you're going to get monthly, you know? Right. There are many businesses now that are becoming truly crypto friendly Uh, in crypto one of the biggest things is to purchase a Lamborghini. That's sort of like the goal in crypto to have enough money to purchase right. a, a, a Lamborghini. <laughs> so uh, there was a guy who went and purchased a Lamborghini with cryptocurrency. And then other car dealerships across the country started accepting crypto either for full payment or at least for the down payment. And, you know, because why even convert it to US dollar if you can just right. simply transfer it to someone else? Right. And it's just it's just a crypto wallet. It's it takes a second to create a crypto wallet and to purchase or transfer crypto in there. Now that's your savings account. And even on some. I would say if you're using one of the major exchanges, you can lend it without, you know, you're, you're you still own it, but you're lending it out and earn and, and get paid. Right. On that loan as you lend it out to other people while the crypto appreciates yes a bank will not let you put money in their banking account system and lend it to someone else and earn interest <laughs> while your dollar appreciates none of those things occur but they'll go ahead and do it right they'll do it That's <laughs> right they, but you don't get to do it 
Right. You don't get to do it. Right. And I'm not saying banks are unnecessary because they are necessary. You do, you do need banks in the world, but maybe banks need to update their way of doing things. Right. Right. Also, and become crypto friendly, which I'm sure they're going to jump on board. Right. Because it's not like this train is stopping. Right. It's it's right. going. It's we're we're going. Right. We're, we're in motion. Right. It's not like yeah. it's not going to stop. Of course. Yeah. Um. So just I just have a couple more things I wanted to ask you really quick before we wrap up. Um, so what is one one thing that you w- or many because I'm sure there's many, but what you wish people knew about crypto and what do you think is the biggest misconception about crypto? I wish people knew how to purchase crypto. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. And I would say the most universal place to go and purchase crypto, there's, there's two sources. You either go to Robinhood because Robinhood now has crypto available. And so most people know how to use Robinhood. Or you go to Coinbase, which is strictly cryptocurrency. It's not stocks or anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see Coinbase sort of as the Robinhood equivalent in the crypto world. Um, and, and that's that. You just start there. You get you get involved in a small way. Like you said, $10, $100, right. yeah. whatever you can afford. And you buy whatever cryptocurrency you feel you're educated about, you're informed about, and you watch it. You just sit and watch it and see how it behaves. And it's going to be a ride. It's, it's going yeah. to go on a wild ride. The, yeah. the phrase is not hold, but hodl, H-O-D-L, yes. hold on for dear life. Don't invest <laughs> anything in crypto you're not willing to lose. Right. But more often than not, if you buy a more established coin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, it's not going back down to zero again. It's just that it will fluctuate very wildly. Yes. Yeah. Which is exciting. Some people may not like that. But if you're willing, if you're investing money that you, you know, that you're willing to gain and or lose, you know, go for the ride. Right. Let it don't put everything in that. But, you know, do whatever your risk tolerance allows for you. Right. I mean you know, 10%, 20% of your investment capital, if you just dabble in crypto is absolutely fine. That's not investment advice. I'm not an investment advisor, but it's small. The point is we're talking about small numbers. Now, if if you're not, if that's not for you, there are what's called stable coins, which are pegged to the US dollar. And they're very stable. They don't fluctuate that much, but then like, what's the point, right? You're not right. investing. Just keep the right. dollar. I mean, if you're, if if you, if that might be an entry point, if somebody just wanted to get comfortable, right. By to understand the Coinbase process, for example, and on Robinhood with Robinhood, do you actually own your crypto? I know previously in previous years, you'd never, you didn't own it. From what I know, from what I've read, Robinhood purchases the crypto on an exchange on your behalf. Mm -hmm. It is not exactly the same as purchasing it on Coinbase or using MetaMask, which is a a web browser based wallet. Right. You, you can use it on Firefox or Chrome. And MetaMask is just, I mean, it's just a, an extension on your browser and it's just right. an instant wallet. And you own that crypto. You can do whatever you want with that crypto. You can transfer it, lend it. Uh, what I mean, whatever it allows you to do. On Robinhood, you can't do anything. You can't transfer it out of Robinhood. 
Right. You can transfer yeah. the money if you want to cash it in and transfer and get your right. money. So again, none of this that we're talking about is investment advice. We're just talking about how we, what we understand this to be. But so with Robinhood, you don't actually own the crypto, but if you want to actually own your crypto, move it into a different wallet, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Coinbase is mm -hmm. probably, especially a more beginner friendly option. Um, and, and generally what I would recommend people use as well. Um, and then as you get more comfortable with it, you can move to Coinbase Pro. The fees are much less. There's many other, right. many other exchanges. But again, if you're, it's too much to try to learn it all at once. I know because I tried. So you yeah. actually have to just get in there and, okay, let me just try this on Coinbase. And, five, 10, 15, $20, whatever it is. And then you get more comfortable and then you can move on and you learn more. And cause this is definitely something you have to do. You can theoretically, okay. But until you actually do it, um, to me, at least it, it, there was no other way to learn it. it. Precisely. You will not understand crypto until you have a stake in it. And then suddenly it becomes tangible and real to you. And it's very simple to understand once you do. Yes. Yeah, there's really not much more to it than buying it and watching how it behaves in the marketplace and just yes. the different developments that control its fluctuations. That's it. Good news, bad news, whatever. The, right. it, can, it can go up. It could go up on bad news and go down on good news. It's so it's exciting. That's what makes it, it I agree with you. It is exciting. And I think it's yeah. also one of those things where, and especially the DeFi stuff we talked about, then you can start to become your own bank, right? You can loan yourself money. You, mm -hmm. You've got money that you, you know, you're, you're able to use it a peer to peer where you're not having to go through somebody else. And these are all revolutionary things. These are things that are, um, you know, to me, like, yes, this is what we've been waiting for kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can swap in, you can swap between two different cryptocurrencies if you actually want to buy a Lamborghini, but you have Ethereum and they only accept Bitcoin. It's just an easy swap within your right. wallet. Okay. Yeah. Transfer, swap, Bitcoin. Here it goes. You send it to the person and, you know, it takes, you know, maybe that took a couple of minutes to do and that's it. The transaction is yeah. done. Yeah. Hand them the keys, or they'll hand you the keys, and you drive. <laughs> and you drive away, yeah. Because that other part of the the banking thing, you know, that whatever it takes, you know, two, two, three, four days. Sometimes the bank earn, earns interest on your money while they're holding on to it for those three and four days or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So with this being instant, um, it's uh, it is definitely it's just it's to me again so exciting. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. As uh, so okay, so as we wrap up the show, can you leave the listeners with one piece of advice? Um, maybe to shift their perspective or, you know, just maybe look at things in a little bit different way to help them live free in what feels like an unfree world. I would say learn about lifestyle design. Mm. I describe myself as an independent thinker. I don't allow institutionalized thinking to govern my thoughts. So the way I live my life is the result of a design that I had in my head a long time ago and now I'm living in those results. And I just, I wanted to do things that were creative and expressive. And I found the outlets and the fields that, you know, allow me to get all this juice and energy out of myself. And that's what it is. It's just like, if you have this self-contained energy and you just keep it inside, you're not going to be happy in your life. Right. So right. if what you do every day, you find menial and redundant and limiting but you have ideas and thoughts and energy and you want to make changes in the world so obviously you're not in the, in the right place so you did not practice lifestyle design which is 
saying, okay, this is really what I want to do. What steps can I take? Little steps can I take to allow myself to wake up every single day and be able to do those things and still pay my bills? Right. And you can get paid to do anything. There's people that will literally pay you to do anything you can think of, but you just have to, and I'm speaking about legal things, of course, <laughs> but, but you just have, you just have to, and so NFTs are a space, a, a, a good example. If you, if you just like, listen, I'm an artist and I just like to um, paint and draw and, and, you know, things like that and, and design little things then now you can get paid to do that. You can upload your artwork to OpenSea, which will then mint it to the blockchain, set a price, put it up for auction or put it up for sale and advertise it and promote it on social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Telegram, Discord, whatever means works best for you. And you can sell your artwork, go off to the beach for the rest of the day. That's that's lifestyle design. That's finding a way to monetize your interests and hobbies. And lifestyle design is intentional living. You are intentional with your decisions that you made to get you to that lifestyle that you, you wanted, not what anybody else, not what the system thought you should do. And it was what you wanted. And you were very intentional about that. It sounds like. Right. Don't feel, don't live on the deferred living program. Don't feel that you have to work 40, 50 years for a company, do backbreaking work just to retire when you're 65, 70 years old, and then try to live your best life in right. your 70s. You can do whatever you can live your best life right now, this moment, doing whatever comes natural to you. There is someone who will trade value, trade money for what that is, because it, it is valuable to them. I totally agree. And, and that is to me, that is so freeing right there. What you just said yeah. is so freeing. So thank you for sharing that. And Rio, thanks for joining us this week. How can the listeners find out more about you? You can go to my website, riorocket.com. And on my website, there's everything that I do there. There's acting work, my podcast players embedded inside the page. My Instagram feed is coming into my uh, homepage and also there's an NFT page that I created where I'm showcasing some of my MF NFTs and linking to OpenSea and Rarible, where you can view those as well. So you can contact me there and uh, can hear my voice work. You can look at videos, clips from uh, TV shows and movies that I've been in, projects I've been involved with, and, and reach out to me and we'll take it from there. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been yeah. um, a great conversation. So thanks for joining us this week on the Create What You Speak podcast. Make sure to visit sloanfremont.com where you can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd really appreciate a positive rating on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast player. Also remember, I have my Create What You Speak Academy at createwhatyouspeak.com. Be sure to tune in next week where I'll continue to give you real life solutions to help you live free in an unfree world.